I said, I think I'm rooting for the Niners today. And then I stopped myself and I, I said, that sentence has never come out of my mouth before. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know, the Chiefs are in the AFC West with the Raiders. They're like, we're perennial enemies. So I, don't, I just, I don't know if I could do Chiefs. Or as Bryce calls them, the chefs. So, uh, I think there's one other. Jan, is there something else I'm supposed to be mentioning? No? Okay, we're going to get started. Uh, we're going to invite the ushers forward with Bibles, outlines, pens. We're going to release student ministry out to the fellowship hall. And uh, good to have them in here and sharing communion with us. And they're going to have their own program out in the fellowship hall. And then uh, you guys are going to get the usher's attention if you want any of those things. Bibles, outlines, pens. We're going to take notes on some stuff today. But if you have a prayer request, you can get a card from them. Fill that out. Drop it in the offering plate at the end. Could be the best offering you give, actually. Just a prayer request. Um, And then we're going to go ahead and get started uh, after we pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this church. Pray, Lord, that we all feel the joy of coming into your house and worshiping you, singing, listening, hearing your word, having fellowship, serving, tithing, being around people. Thankful for the question asked this morning. How are you doing today? Are you all right? And realizing there's no other place I'd rather be. I pray that there's more people that feel that. That you would put us on mission to give others the opportunity to have that same feeling. Be close to you. Be with you. I pray, Lord, that our time this morning in this passage talking about prayer will help that process. For all of us here and beyond. I pray, Lord, that we would see the importance that um, beyond uh, families in Mexico or pastors across the world, we should be helping people right here on our streets. People we work with, people we're in families with. So pray, Lord, that you would impress on our hearts things that are specific to each of us as individuals this morning. Guide that, bless that, confirm that with your spirit. And we ask this in the name of your son. Amen? Amen. Boom. Let's go. Uh, we're continuing our series in doctrines and um, really am excited about this. I know you haven't been able to tell any of the weeks because I get up here, I feel like I'm as excited as the week before or more and I can't tell. But last week, uh, oh, uh, we, we started our 10th doctrine, doctrine of prayer. Brent kicked us off and got us into um, uh, how prayer shows us our reliance on God and, and several other things. Our understanding is increased and all that kind of stuff. And he talked a little bit about what prayer is. This week, I want to talk about when you pray. I want to go back and look at one of the passages you touched on last week. I want to look at it a little uh, more, a little longer, and then I want to give you another passage you didn't see last week and talk about well, like, what do you do when you pray? And I want to before we get started, I want to thank Brent publicly for preaching last week. He did a great job. I listened to podcasts this week. I want to thank our staff for facilitating a podcast where I could watch or listen to something this week because it, it was so easy. 
Um, but my wife and I were looking at the calendar and realized uh, we were busy. She had obligations this weekend, and, and next week we have conflicts, and the weekend after we have conflicts. And so uh, we were, well, how do we celebrate our anniversary? And uh, two days from today, February 4, is 25 years. So we should reward Julie, <laughs> encourage her. It's been a long 25 years for her. <laughs> I've lucked out. Um, and so uh, last weekend, we, we just had a little uh, weekend to ourselves. The kids are all away, and we just celebrated our 25th anniversary. And I was thinking, where did the good time? It just flew by so fast. And I'm just, I'm hoping like lightning doesn't strike in the next two days because I want to get to 25. And then on Wednesday, I am going to be unbearable. <laughs> 25 years, I'm going to tell everybody. I, I mean, once you get there, like what's the value if you can't tell anybody, right? And then I'm going to start, how much longer till you get to 25? Like encourage people, stay in the marriage, right? I'm going to start a new marriage campaign. Maybe that'll be the next doctrine we do, doctrine of marriage. I don't know. Let's move on before I get myself in trouble. Um, so very excited, uh, and thanks, Brent, for covering. This week, we're going to get back into Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we're going to do verses 11 verses, 5 through 15. It's where we get the Lord's Prayer, but I want to start a little bit earlier uh, and give us context as to why Jesus says this. He's talking to his disciples, and he's going to tell them uh, about prayer. But before he gives us uh, the Lord's Prayer... He has this little conversation with him, and I want you to key in on a few things. I'll show you what they are as we go. Let's get started. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, and it says Jesus to his disciples, and when you pray. Now, once you turn out your uh, outline, turn on the back, look at the top. What's the title? When you pray. Just evidence that I do not make this stuff up. Not me being clever, coming up with my own ideas, the fastest way for us to get in trouble, mostly me. I steal this stuff from Scripture, right? Christ-centered, biblically-based, right? When you pray, is a little phrase Jesus uses on the disciples. In fact, he's going to do it a few more times. He's going to make you count them. But what's it sound like? When you pray, kind of sounds like what? You're praying. Does it say, if you pray? Maybe you should pray if you think about, no, when you pray also implies not just that you're going to pray, but it's a command, isn't it? Some people would say, if they were in first service, an imperative, right? Jesus is going to say this, uh, so he's assuming that we're praying. Now, there is a big confusion coming up in a couple sentences I want you to be confused with me for a half second, and we're going to figure it out. But we, we need to understand why. Maybe you work like me, especially when I'm a young teen. When, when God tells me to do something, I kind of ignore what he's told me to do, and I move straight to why. Right? Wait, why do I have to do that now? Why are you controlling my behavior? Why are you making rules and parameters? And Oh, man, I got another principal or a third parent or what, right? So when you pray, let's find out why. You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Is there a way to get prayer wrong? Yes. Yeah. 
Are there wrong things to pray for? Absolutely. Well, how do we get it right then? If you're praying for attention, wrong motive. If you're praying as a duty, as a checklist box item, well, Scott said I'm supposed to pray every day, so I, okay, I said the Lord's Prayer today and, and checked that box, now I can move off to the really important stuff. Well, what have we just done to prayer? We minimalized it. Oh, you're very smart. You should go to first service. Uh, they love to stand and pray. Truly I say to you, they have received their what? Reward. Forgot to accentuate that first service. This is your second service extra. In fact, it's your second second service extra. Uh, they didn't get to see the picture of the two people, the new people group. They got to see the baptism picture. They didn't get to see the two people group. Here it says reward. What, does, is that telling us that God has rewards for us? He does. Is there a way for you to squander that reward, cheapen that reward, or minimalize it? Is that what you said? Minimalize your reward? Oh. Let's find if, see if we can find confirmation of this reward thing as it's tied to prayer. Verse 6. But when you pray... Second time we've heard this phrase now, right? Is it becoming important to, God, to Jesus in your mind? Absolutely. Go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Will what you? Ooh, twice now. Reward. Okay, I'm going to do a little test. This is risky. I'm going to ask a question. Both is not the answer this time. Okay. Is our church prosperity gospel? No. no. Good answer. For some of you, are like, I don't understand the phrase. Some churches push this idea that if you pray and do this and give money to the church and those kind of things, then God will richly bless you in proportion to how much money you give. That kind of thing. No, it's not how it works. Do we believe that God rewards those who pray? Yes. Absolutely. So will you prosper if you follow the gospel? Yes. Did I just confuse you a little? I hope so. We're not into prosperity gospel, but we do believe that there's a reward and we can prosper when we follow God's plan. And it doesn't mean you're going to be rich. All right? Whether you're rich probably has to do if you invent a new car or you know how to save or manage your finances. <gasps> Insert commercial for Financial Peace University right here. Okay? Restarts next week, week four. It's not too late. We'll take you. All right? When you pray, do it in secret. Why? So you can get a reward. That means you don't need to involve anybody else. You get to skip a step. How cool is that? I love skipping steps. Especially in math class, right? Here's the question, kind of do it in my mind, write the answer. Move on to the next one. And every math teacher, what do they say? Show your work. You can't skip any steps. I can when I pray. I don't have to go meet with Scott. I don't have to ask my parents' permission. I don't need to get the advice or the perspective of one of my friends. You can just start praying. 
I praise God for that because it helps me understand the difference between us and many other religions. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a priest. You don't need a, what else do you call him? Shaman? Whatever. You do not need a, here's the most important concept, intermediary. You don't need someone in the middle between you and God. You have direct access. That is awesome because he says, even in secret, you can do business with him. And then he kind of begs the question, why aren't you? Do this in secret. Engage him, chase him through prayer. Verse seven, and when you pray, third time. Uh-oh. Now he said it three times. They come in threes, and when the Bible comes in threes, you know you're in trouble. Or great news, right? Are we in trouble or is this great news? Amen. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as Scott does. I mean, sorry, as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. I hope that you recognize that I have a strong value at Rock Bible Church of understanding the big words and then using them as little as possible. I like words like stuff, things, help. I like the small words because I understand them, <laughs> right? And you know what this is doing? This is removing prerequisites. Scott, you said you like small words. Then you used a big one. This removes any requirements for you to be able to pray. You need not be up on uh, your vocabulary. You, you need not have your doctrine perfect to start praying. How cool is that? In fact, just the opposite. You start praying, you're working towards getting perfect doctrine eventually. How cool that we don't know, need to know a specific language to pray. How rough would that be? Instead, no, you can come like a child and just start talking. Dude, what's going on? Is that a prayer? I like prayers like that. Yo, that is not cool. Prayed that one before? Why not? All right, at least you're talking. You're just getting it going, starting the conversation. Do not be like them, verse eight. For your father knows what you need before you ask it. Can we emphasize that phrase again? Because your father knows what you need before you ask him. Are you confused now? I am. I know I taught this first hour. I forgot it all. <laughs> Why do we need to pray if he already knows it all? Because now I got to figure out my big why question. Remember I told you when God tells me I have to do something, he, actually when my parents tell me I have to do something, a teacher tells me I have to do something, uh, my parents, any, any of those coaches, the only ones I listen to are the police. Like when the police tell me to do, I do it. <laughs> That's just it. <laughs> Not messing with people with guns. I tend to just do what they say, right? Or can lock me up. Um, why? Why pray if he already knows it? Yeah, we got a relationship, but he knows everything. Why do I need to talk to him about it? It's for us. Thank you, second service. First service couldn't figure it out. You know, that's why they come to class early, because they need more time to study. 
first service. No, uh, he already knows it all. So this is an exercise for us. Know that there is no thing that benefits God when you pray. Let me rephrase and change the enunciation. There's nothing that benefits God when you pray. You know this? There's no new information. You're not making anything better. You're just following a command. The exercise is to the benefit of you. What then are we doing for ourselves? In fact, now it really begs the question, what happens when you pray? That being our phrase. Verse nine, Jesus says, after three times of saying, when you pray, verse nine, he says, pray then like this. If you were to try and say that a different way, different words, that would be thematic to the morning. How else could you say, pray then like this? You could say, when you pray, right? Four times now, he's told you to pray. You think Jesus wants us to pray? Yeah. Is this optional? It's a mandatory activity. It's kind of like next week's Mexico meeting, right? Uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your... Wait a minute. I can't just read this. We're at church. This is the Lord's Prayer. Don't we have to all say it at the same time? Yeah, good. I'm going to get you started, uh, um, and you're, you're going to take it. Ready? One, two, three. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven... Switch and slides. Wait, no, no, is it? No, 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 it's For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Where'd that go? It's not even, it's not actually in the passage. Did you know this? Well, Scott, it must be in another passage then. <gasps> Good. For if you forgive others their trespasses, trespasses, <laughs> trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Who is this process for? He's given instructions to you. Does this benefit you? Is it meant to only benefit you? No. Well, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. Uh, when you pray, what happens? What's the value of when you pray? First thing I want us to see when you pray uh, is one, it, it's a command. When you pray is a command, right? We joked it's an imperative, but four different times, Jesus basically doesn't give us the option. He says, no, this is something you're going to do. If it shows our reliance on God, if it gives us assurance, if it gives us understanding, all the things that Brent talked about so well last week, then how do we do it? Kind of begs the question, how often are you doing it? When you pray, is it command? Okay, great. What are you praying for? Well, the kingdom come, will be done, earth and heaven, right? Yeah, but what's that mean? 
Was, Let me ask you this question. You pray the Lord's pray, Prayer every day. Would that be great? Yeah. Is there a better great beyond that? How about praying the Lord's Prayer every day was just the starting point? That's just getting you out of the starting blocks. That's the gates open, and now you're starting the race. What if you learned other ways to pray? If you used your imagination, if you tried some other things, if you thought of as many different things you could pray for, because God has commanded. And by the way, did he? Did it look like he had um, a, a limited list when he asked for kingdom come? How, what's he? How much is he asking for? Yeah, how many things are involved in kingdom coming? Your will be done. Well, will for what? We got like 80 people in the room right now. There's 80 different wills for 80 different people, right? Because Keith and I, he doesn't have the same will for me and Keith, do we? Are you preaching next week? No. So we got at least one difference, right? Which, by the way, uh, y'all are signing up for coffee and donuts. Some of you are, okay? Because if that doesn't fill in, then we're going to pass around a new sign-up sheet. Who's preaching? I'm not here. I'm gone. I'm in the back. I'm making coffee. I'm making donuts. I've said it. I'll continue to say it. No coffee, no donuts, no Scott. There'll probably be a church here. It just won't be as good. Okay? So if you don't want to make coffee and donuts, no problem. Tell me which Sunday you're preaching. Okay? And I'll warn you. When you preach, it's followed by text messages, emails, and phone calls. Sometimes side conversations... Sometimes some profanity, okay? Just so you, you want to make a little coffee or you want public abuse, okay? Uh, where were we? Keith and I, there's a different, God has a different will for each of us. So how many different ways can Keith pray for Keith? How many different ways can I pray for me? How many different ways can you pray for you? And oh, by the way, there's more going on in you than just you because I think he said something about others and their trespasses and you're supposed to be doing something with them, starting with forgiveness, but I bet you that's just the ground floor of that one too. How else can you be praying for other people? How many different people do you pray for? How many different types of things are you praying for? Because Jesus has commanded it. And he's left no options out. See, when you pray is a command. What we're really trying to learn is how to ask. I want to teach you, lead you, suggest to you, give examples of how to ask. I need you to get the ask down. First thing we're asking for is his will, right? Thy kingdom come your will be done. You know what Jesus wants us to pray for is to bring his kingdom here. Make his kingdom more prevalent around here. Why? Because all of us know when you look around, you can see glimpses of kingdom, but you know that it could be better. There's parts of God that need to infect and come in and infuse and get on us. You know what prayer really does for us? It gets God more on us, more around us. I purposely bought, um, it's not, well, it's not, it's sparkling water. Scott, you drink sparkling water? What's wrong with you? The list is too long, I'm sorry. 
but I've recently got into sparkling water. There's no sugar. It helps my stomach. We'll stop there. Uh, <laughs> so I notice that I enjoy them much more when they're cold, right? When I drink a warm sparkling water, well, it's kind of proof of the existence of hell, Okay. <laughs> Cold one, nice and cold, refreshing, you know, rehydrating the whole thing. What I've noticed is this weird, really weird thing. Maybe you've had this experience. I take it out of the fridge. I, I, I start drinking the whole thing. And after a minute or two or a few seconds, some time has to go by. And all of a sudden, the outside of the can starts getting wet. Condensation. That's exactly what first service said. You paid attention in science class. That's so good. This is prayer. You spend in time in prayer, like a can gets refrigerated, you start drawing in things when you get out there. I want you to start from now on, the rest of your life, when you see contentation, one, pronounce it correctly. <laughs> Two, as your hand's getting wet or you're, you're feeling the moisture and the whole thing, I want you to think about, hey, this is how my relationship with the Lord is supposed to be. The more I engage, the more I pray, the more he gets all over me. Now, the analogy stops there, okay? Because we've got to figure out what coasters are and are we napkins. No, we're not going to win that. But this is the process. And the more you ask, the more you pray, in secret or in public, whatever it is, or however many topics, however many different people, you are going to get God infused in you. You're going to get God condensation on you. And there's some people that have figured that out. And they're amazing at praying. Not with big words, but with authentic heart, clear mind. And uh, she was here first service, so I, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to embarrass her in public. Judy Dietz comes, sits first service, sits right here. She's amazing prayer. You know why? Practice. We're going to watch a game this afternoon of a bunch of people who got good overnight. That's sarcasm. Does that same process apply to prayer and asking? How will you know the Lord's will? You won't ask Scott. It cracks me up. People come, hey, Scott, I need to meet with you. Can we have some coffee? Because I know it is the Lord's nectar. <laughs> if I meet with you and have a coffee, that's the perfect equation for getting God's answers. You're talking to the wrong guy. I can help you talk to God and help you get answers from God. But remember, didn't we just say, no middleman? <laughs> I'm a middleman. Have you figured that out? I have very little value in your life. What? I teach. That's about it. I lead the church, kind of. I get a lot of help from most everybody. You don't need me. Lord forbid something happens to me, your relationship with the Lord's fine. You'll find a new pastor. He won't be as goofy. You might enjoy it more. <coughs> Point is this. You can ask God anytime. Are you asking him for what he wants? That's kingdom come. That's will be done. It's the best thing you can ask for. And Jesus leads with it. 
Man, I forgot to tell first service that that's what Jesus leads with. That's your third, second service extra. Ask for his will means direction. That's equal to, you want direction? The first question I'm gonna ask you, when we meet, have you prayed about it? Oh, you have to ask that because you're a pastor. It's in the job description. No, it's an efficiency test. Are you doing the thing that is most efficient prior to meeting with me? I haven't been able to bring myself to do this, but I've wanted to be able to just say, when, when people say, hey, have you prayed about it yet? And they say, no. I said, okay, go away, pray about it, and we'll meet another time. I just can't kick them out like that. I feel like I should meet with them and maybe encourage them and how they could pray or something like that. You know what I mean? But that really should be the process. Before you talk to anybody, you should pray about it. Before you walk into a meeting, before you, before you walk out of a meeting, you pray. You ask God for guidance. So I love what Brent said last night. Assurance, reliance, understanding of what? Who he is, what he wants. Why did he put that other person in your life? Why is he letting you graciously have interactions with that person? Because he could take you away or them away in an instant. Instead, he has you interacting on purpose. God, what's the on purpose here? What a great ask. Secondly, ask for forgiveness. The number one step, the most important step is for you to figure out you're not God. You're not perfect. You were not meant to be alone. You were never mean to, meant to be independent or self-sufficient or any. You are average. <gasps> Did he just say you're average? You're exceptional in some things. You're poor in others. The combination makes you average. Now, if you leave it like that, you will experience average the rest of your life. Find another average who's exceptional in your poor and get connected with them. I don't just, I don't mean marriage. I mean in business, in life, in whatever. And we collect all the averages together and they get to experience and exercise their gifting talents. Now we start experiencing awesome. To get there, you got to say, I make mistakes. I'm holy, the other kind of holy. Right? I got holes. I was wrong. Jesus, fix me. Correct me. Clarify for me. Those kind of things. See, when we ask for forgiveness, what we're really saying is freedom. What? How's that related? When you start asking for his kingdom, his will, and you recognize that you have only some of the answers, maybe just one or two, that should be freeing. That you can surround yourself with other people who are on your team, who are on his team, but on your team, that can give you advice and look at things at other ways, and you can count on them, and they can count on you, you can address hopes, you can address fears, you can address guilt, shame, pain, all of the yuckies. 
See, I like the simple words. How, how do you get to a place where you recognize I'm okay? I'm free to continue to be my form of average where I'm except, exceptional sometimes and poor at others and I'm going to let somebody else cover that poor. And then I'm going to use my exceptional to help cover other people's poor. What a great way to look at it. Freedom. Is that what God wants for you? For you to have a little direction. And in that direction, oh, God's got all these rules for me, stuff I can't do, all these commandments. Yes. Is that meant to be binding or freeing? Freeing. Right? Thirdly, ask for help. Ask for help. What's help mean? That means you got a need. How often? As often as possible. Every time you have a need. Is your first response, freak out, call your spouse? Call a lawyer? Call your boss? Shoot off an email? Oh, man. If I could get you to stop. <laughs> the late 80s, early 90s called. Said that you don't need to email anymore. <laughs> There's almost no use for it. Your first response, oh, I'm going to go on social media and see what they think. Yes, because collective wisdom is always closest to the truth. <laughs> that is like maybe the thickest sarcasm I think I've ever used at church. The problem with the people at the bottom of the mountain of Sinai when they were getting the Ten Commandments is that they started listening to each other instead of listening to God. And they had great need and they turned all the wrong places. How'd that turn out for them? Wilderness? Take another lap. Oh my goodness. Sports analogy for sure. Right? What? Oh, you didn't do that? Another lap. Do some more push-ups. Here's some jumping jacks. Burpees. Do you know what those are? Oh, those are no fun. We're going to run lines. Yeah, that didn't work. See, we have needs. But let's move on. When you pray is regular. How regular is regular? How often? See, when he says, when you pray, one of the questions that has to come out of that is, how often is that? Do I pray in the morning when I wake up? Do I pray at night before I go to bed? Do I pray before I read my Bible? Before I eat? Before I go into a meeting? Before I buy something? Probably should pray for forgiveness before you buy it. <laughs> or all of the above? How often can you pray? Might be a better question. In fact, Jesus said, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Well, I can't walk around with my eyes closed and my hands clipped because then I, oh, goodness. And I spilled the coffee even. Praying without ceasing like that is as dumb as the little analogy that I did. So what does it actually mean? Have a constant mindset with God involved in it. How, God, how would God look at this person? How would God listen to this person? Would God shut up and not say anything right now because they're talking? Would God let them finish their sentence? Oh man, have you noticed current culture? 
No one is allowed to finish a sentence. Wait, you let me finish the sentence. Thank you so much. We've got to get to a place where we're, we're thinking regularly. What's God doing here? What's God's agenda here? How can I bring kingdom here? Healing here. How can I serve here? How could I create some condensation here? That's how I've started to think about it. And then I keep my eyes open when I'm walking around. <laughs> I tried it for two seconds. And thank you, by the way. Uh, when you pray is regular. We see that in verse 11. And then lastly, I want you to see that when you pray, it works. It's the number one most effective thing that we can do. And it's the thing we do the least. God's honest truth, some of you pray when I lead you and not much more. Some of you are afraid to pray because you think you don't know what to say. You're excited if Jan gets up here or Bryce or Brent or me or Megan or any other, and boy, if someone else leaves, oh, it's time to pray. Okay, I'm bowing my head, close my eyes, I'm in. What about on your own? What, what could you pray for that you really want to work? If I said, like, what's the most pressing issue? And don't you dare say the Niners win in a stupid game. Okay? What's the most pressing thing that you want to work? How many different ways can you pray for that? You want to pray for your kid? How, what kind of imagination could you work on praying for your kid? Ready? Let's have some fun with this. We're praying for a kid. Give me some things. What could you pray for? Safety. Safety. Stay, out of Stay out of trouble. Health. Health. What? A wife. That's a mama. Personal relationship with Jesus. What about that institution they go to five days a week and then they get homework? Pray for their grades or education, right? How they talk to the teacher. How they talk to mom, because how they talk to mom is how they talk to girls, which gets them to wife, right? That's we already mentioned. Character, 10. Decision making. What? Oh, yeah, Katie said it. Personal relationship with Jesus. It was right at the beginning. I'm, I'm loving that you guys think the same, though. What else? We're over 10, and it took us like less than 10 seconds. How could you pray for your car? In ways that are appropriate. Remember? Not with wrong motives. Right? James says it this way. I want us to see this James chapter 4 uh, passage. What causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You know, the greatest evil that you'll ever deal with is not out there. It's not a demon. It's not a devil. It, it's not sin in general. It's for sure not the church, as some people think, or organized. The greatest evil you'll ever deal with is here and here, here and here. It's your passions that go inside you. And now I got a verse, okay? Didn't make that up either. You desire and do not have, verse two, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not. Yes. yes. 
You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Or New American Standards version would say, because you ask with wrong motives. To spend it on your passions. And I would like for you to take the word passions and substitute it with self. Because you spend it on your self. We treat God like an unlimited credit card. You know unlimited credit cards don't exist, right? I just keep throwing stuff out. Oh, just swipe it again. Swipe it again. Oh, no, now I have to insert it because it's got a chip. Doesn't matter. Just as long as I get my stuff. It's not, that's not how it works. When you pray, works for other people. Works for God. And then shows you how it works for you. What's the pressing issue? I don't have to ask that or wait very long. You probably all, each of you have different ideas in your mind of what my pressing issue is. And now I want to ask you the next question. How many different ways can you pray for that? That's your homework. <gasps> We're a homework church? <laughs> yeah. We do Happy Sunday. How many different ways can you pray for your pressing issues? Are you willing for God to tell you, no, that's not a pressing issue? You know, I didn't say that first service. It didn't, I didn't, but for some reason right now, I just felt like I needed to say that out loud. Some of you have pressing issues that are not pressing issues. And God wants you to move on to more pressing issues and he's gonna tell you no so you can move on to something that's more important that, you, that really does deserve your time where people could be blessed and benefit and have kingdom. So homework number one, what's your pressing issue? Homework number two, how many different ways can you pray for it? Homework number three, extra credit. <laughs> Who can you tell? I don't mean me. Don't need 150 people <laughs> to tell me they're pressing issues. I can't keep up. Who could you, that you're connected to, that, you, that is safe, confidential, and on your side and on his side? Who can you tell? That's your homework. Test is next week. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you that uh, we have an active avenue for engaging you. Thank you, Lord, that no one else can affect it. Stop it. Thank you that it works. Thank you that you care about it. And Lord, I know we said that there's nothing that benefits you when we pray. But I, I trust we are all absolutely clear. It brings joy to you. Pleasure. Strengthens relationship. And gives you the freedom to lead us the better ways. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done, and may our will conform to yours. Thank you for the announcements this morning, some of the slides and the things we get to enjoy and benefit. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would bless the offering we're about to receive and help us to continue to do things that bring people to baptism, bring people to personal relationship with you, to the gospel, to decision. Pray that this offering helps your kingdom come and your will be done. And that no one who's here visiting feels like they have to do this. May it be this be an exercise of our family. In honor of your son, in his name we pray. Amen.